everybody welcome back this is inside fitness radio presents total fitness podcast my name is matthew i'm walter and today we have a very special guest on our show this is sandra sorghini so sandra is a not only is she an actual uh, inside fitness writer she has uh, been featured in the magazine uh with multiple articles she's been featured with some spreads before her pictures have been featured and uh I can see in your background there, you got the uh, the hot and fit 100 cover issue. So we'll, uh, we can... <laughs> I always have it handy here. Right. So uh, we'll we'll be going into that a little bit later. But yeah, I mean, you just have quite the impressive resume. You have, you know, you're you are semi pro uh, athlete. You are a physical education teacher. Your mother of two. You know, it, the list just goes on and on. So why don't you take a few seconds and or a few minutes even uh, and just kind of break it down, like what you're about, what you're uh, you're doing at the moment, kind of how you got to this point in your career. Yeah, I'd love to. And first off, before we get into that, I just want to thank you so much for having me on. Um, you know, I'm super excited about this. So, um, so yeah, I have a, a very diverse background. Um, growing up, I enjoyed a high level sport background. I was a competitive figure skater from about four years of age to 18 years of age. At the same time, I played competitive soccer um, and then I had to choose one direction. So I chose soccer. I became a U-Sport All-Canadian at uh, McMaster. I then went on to play semi-pro soccer in the W League of the United Soccer League. Um, this was a North American league that no longer exists. After that, I became assistant coach of the women's soccer program at McMaster for three years. At the same time, I was a full-time secondary school uh, phys ed teacher. And then I was promoted to vice principal. I spent two years in that role and then I resigned from that. And currently I'm teaching phys ed now. In the mix of all of that, I had two children who are now 10 and six years old. And um, in about 2019, I began a love affair with fitness. I became a certified personal training specialist. I joined Team Strong Girls. Um, I became a Strong Formula certified body transformation coach. I'm also certified in bootcamp, TRX and kettlebell. I'm a Strong Fitness Magazine, Strong Camp ambassador. I'm a Pure Vita Labs ambassador, a Liebert Fitness ambassador. And in the last two years, I've been able to create more brand awareness and gain some media credibility and authority. I'm also um, a body double in a Good Life Fitness commercial um, as I signed with a modeling and acting agency in Hamilton. I became a published fitness model in numerous publications, including Inside Fitness Magazine, Strong Fitness Magazine, Icon Fit Magazine and Ricochet Magazine from Arizona. I've been in Panita Magazine. I'm also in Inside Fitness Magazine, Hot and Fit 100, two years in a row. And I'm also a published writer in those magazines as well. And what started as mostly a way to reclaim my physical and mental health after some struggles I experienced has really evolved into an amazing monster. Mm -hmm. That so is that's kind of, of my story, in a, my journey in a nutshell. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Great way to diverse, put it. a very diverse journey that has really evolved into something amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's just, it's an essay of a resume. That's so impressive. All that you've accomplished so far. It's incredible. And honestly, I mean, you're not, you're not even slowing down. So it'll be amazing to see what you do going forward. But um, 
one question I, I know we had a couple of questions that we discussed about earlier but one before we even get into all that was you mentioned 2019 was kind of when you wanted to kind of reclaim and get like you know certified and sort of push forward in the uh, the fitness front what what kind of made that decision make you change your mindset around that um so you know what I had like I said I always played sports growing mm. up so I always had an outlet for stress. I always had an outlet. I, I honestly did not realize that I was using sport and movement as an outlet growing up. Like it just was always there. I was always playing. So I never really had to think about how to manage mental and physical health. Um, but when you become a mom, when you're pursuing your career, um, things get in the way and you don't really make yourself and your health a priority. And that's kind of what happened to me as I was pursuing a leadership role in education at the same time, raising a young family. Um, it took a toll on my mental and physical health. And sure. so I made the effort to try to optimize my health. Mm -hmm. No, that's incredible. One, uh, one question I have for you there would be, you know, Again, with having a uh, a young family or already being a uh, a professional, having a very busy career, obviously, and then starting a new family, was there any, you know, and I, Walter and I deal with this all the time with some of our clients in the past is uh, there's almost this guilt around taking this selfish stand for yourself in regards to fitness and mental health as a new mother. Was there any of that or were you able to push past any of those thoughts and now you're again, you're thriving as you are, but was there any of that initial, oh crap, what am I doing here? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a common feeling for mothers, mm -hmm. um, new mothers, young mothers. Um, you know, we, we're expected to give everything of ourselves to our children and our family. And, um, it becomes, you know, it's at the expense of our own health and wellness. So, I mean, it really takes uh, a lot for a mother to say, okay, no, like I cannot do this any longer because you're really not, you're really not being um, the type of mother, the, the type of person that you need to be unless you're really taking care of yourself first. So, you know, most people think it is selfish, but I think that kind of narrative and that kind of thinking needs to be uh, changed really. Yes. Yeah. No, we, we definitely agree with that. I mean, we always tell our clients, you have to be selfish. You have to be number one to be able to take care of somebody else. Right. So no, yeah, I, I, I respect I mean, that. I was, I was used to being a high performer. Like I mm -hmm. was always excelling at everything I was doing. And, you know, it came to the point where I was just overwhelmed with all of the demands and responsibilities that I had, um, you know, career wise and the expectations I had career wise also. Um, and then everything I had to do as a mother. And I just had, I just was not healthy. Mm -hmm. And I was not well, and I had to take a stand. And I mean, it's unfortunate that it comes to that point for most women. Um, and I almost wish that it doesn't have to get to that point, like that people will realize beforehand um, that you really need to take care of yourself first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think there is more of that being seen where people are giving things up. But when, when you first decided to give up, uh, being the vice principal, was there kickback at all? 
in terms of oh, how you do this great responsibility, this job? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I experienced it from my family, from my parents who were, you know, um, very gung-ho about, no, you've worked hard, Sandra. You've put in all this time. You're, you were taking courses. You know, um, you, I almost wonder if they really liked the idea of me being in that position. Um, but there was kickback because I think people felt like I worked hard to get where I was. Like, why would I just throw it away? Mm-hmm. I think that was the perspective. But in my mind, I realized that that just was not a career path for me. I enjoyed being with kids. I enjoyed teaching. Um, I enjoyed movement. And in the role of vice principal, I was, you know, I was the bad person, right? Like they, when kids were coming to me, they were in trouble. So there was always a lot of, there was always a lot of negativity and it wasn't, it wasn't fun for me. I didn't find it rewarding. Um, and I just could not sustain the level of output that is required for a vice principal in a secondary school. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Yeah. So, so with, um, again, to kind of, I know we're dwelling on this a little bit, but, uh, when you, when you did originally go from the vice principal, was that kind of around the time that you started taking back your, uh, your fitness a little bit, or was that a little bit previous? Um, so I was in the role as vice principal from 2017 to 2019. Okay. So in 2016, my daughter was born and then I was promoted to vice principal. So a year later in 2017 with a one-year-old and a five-year-old, I was promoted to vice principal and uh, fulfilled that role. Um, during that first year, I realized like I could not, mm-hmm. I, I just won't be able to sustain this. Um, but I did two years in the role. And then uh, in 2019 is kind of when I decided, no, like I, I need to take care of myself because I just will not sustain this level. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it gets to a point, and I think a lot of people will go through this. Sometimes they'll push each, themselves down a little bit too far into that hole before they they hit that rock bottom, and it's really hard to crawl out of. So it sounds like you were you were at a point, but you were able to notice those signs before it actually got too much of an issue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. I was on a downwards spiral. There were things that. Um, I was struggling with that I knew if I continued down this path, they were just going to get worse. So Mm. um, it's, it's fortunate for me that I was able to say, you know what, I don't know, this is going too far in this direction. I need to, to, to take some responsibility for my own health and wellness. So, yeah, absolutely. So you made this change. You were just getting into the new evolution of yourself. And the big shutdown happened. How did that affect you then? Oh, I was fine. I was fine. I worked out in my basement. I had equipment in my basement. Um, You know, I, I think because I had the struggles before COVID Mm -hmm. um, and I had started to put some things in place, like I practiced meditation and um, you know, I was journaling and I was writing poetry and I was into Reiki. I just had all these other things in place. I started to develop a fitness routine um, and I had all these things in place. So I really was not overly affected 
-hmm. by the pandemic. I just continued on with what I was doing. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Good, good. You guys yeah. care? Like, were you okay during it or? <laughs> it's uh at the start it was tough it was very tough at the time i was in a condo in toronto in a two-bedroom condo in toronto so when I, when it first happened for me it was just you know throw books into a backpack and see what happens right and then yeah. uh thankfully from that point i moved out of that condo in toronto i was uh back at my parents house for a little bit where there was access to a home gym so that's when it got easier but um that's the thing is Without fitness, I would have been in a really bad spot, and especially oh, during COVID, right? And I think a lot of people yeah. were. We we both had clients calling us and crying down the phone to us. I've had numerous, and I, again, I mean, I've been through uh, a lot of mental health struggles. So I had a lot of clients calling me, telling me they were on an edge and they weren't sure what was going on. And, you know, fitness was kind of the thing that that pulled them back into it and being able to, even at home, just doing whatever they could during COVID was that was the thing that was able to kind of pull them out of it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I believe that. I mean, I, I would say though that I struggled a little bit as an educator when yeah. we were, you know, pulled out of the school and we were um, virtual and then it was a hybrid and that yeah. was pretty chaotic for us in education. So, you know, here I was trying to teach my class virtually my husband was upstairs teaching his class because he's a teacher as well my um jk daughter uh, was here beside me and i'm like working with her my son was in the kitchen um with his teacher virtually like it was just chaos and i would say that i struggled a little bit then in trying to like be you know a conscientious professional but at the same time trying to like teach my kids also so yeah. it's like the world were colliding there that was difficult <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I can yeah. imagine yeah. yeah so I'm curious though so when was your first magazine publication um I wrote an article for Inside Fitness magazine in July of it would have been 2020 July of 2020 right. um I wrote an article about um it was about movement and physical activity in the pandemic and how our youth need good role models um, who are are modeling movement and fitness in parents in teachers. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was like my first article. Um, I was in Inside Fitness magazine when they um, they promoted businesses. So yes. You could like yeah. some your business and yeah. So I was also in that that was a bit sooner probably april of the same year mm -hmm. awesome yeah yeah and now <clears throat> excuse me and now you're doing your uh your own programming obviously and you're you're running your business outside of the physical education stuff so yeah. take us through that a little bit like you're running the mm -hmm. program the tomboy experience right yeah 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 um so this is an interesting program that i developed um and i i call it the tomboy experience, the prep and photo shoot experience, because, um, you know, little girls growing up that play sports are titled tomboys. Um, and so, you know, I was just one of those little girls that was always playing sports, you know, whether it was figure skating or soccer, or basketball, volleyball, 
you know, road hockey, baseball, you know, I was always playing. So this title is so fitting for me. And it's perfect for the high performing professional, uh, former high level athlete mom that wants to prepare themselves in terms of a body transformation and then celebrate it in a photo shoot, um, in a sporty, sexy shoot, because I find athletic women to be very attractive and I know we're not for everyone. You know, sometimes people think we're not very feminine or whatever it might be, but I find athletic women to be very attractive because they're both, there's almost like a juxtaposition, like a contrast within an athletic woman. Like, um, I find them to be like gritty, but then graceful and sexy and strong and beautiful and athletic. And I find that um, if we could highlight these kinds of women showing both those like qualities that they have, all the different diverse qualities that they have, it's different, it's unique, it's creative. Um, and so that's basically what this is about. Um, the photo shoot part of it is threefold. One, to give women a challenge, because as athletic women, you know, we've always been challenged, right? Uh, when you play sports, and, and you guys know this, you are always facing a challenge. You're always trying to better yourself, to improve your skills. Um, and this is something that potentially athletic women have never done. A photo shoot right so this is something that really can scare them right scare the crap out of them and athletic women really thirst for competition and the challenge and they're no stranger to pushing themselves outside their comfort zones and that's what this kind of a photo shoot is for athletic women it also is an opportunity to produce like incredibly creative and unique sporty sexy photos that will ultimately highlight how beautiful the athletic women truly is, but it will help them see it through the lens of a camera because we don't always know or feel like potentially we're appreciated or that we are beautiful because we're not like the ideal or typical feminine um, female. And so we're used to performing in sport, but this is a whole different way to perform. And thirdly, it is a way to inspire teen girls to stay in sport as a vehicle for opportunity, for future opportunity, but also as a healthy coping strategy. The Canadian girls sports participation uh, dropout rate is on the rise. We know that teen girls drop out at higher rates compared to boys of the same age. And so this is also a big mission of mine to, to try to inspire and keep teen girls in sport and movement, because when you stay in sport and movement, it's going to be a vehicle for future opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so that's basically what this photo shoot part of it is. It's threefold. And then the prep part is more to teach athletic women how to fuel properly and how to train for body transformation because it's so completely different than training for sport. 
Mm-hmm. Um, when I trained for sport, you know, I was, because I played soccer, I was focusing on agility and cardiorespiratory conditioning. Um, but here, you know, we're focusing on hypertrophy. Like we want to yeah. build muscle and we want to lose fat. And so we're, our main focus is training to build, to sculpt, to shape our bodies post playing days and potentially post babies. And this requires a different approach. Um, you know, we want to build that X frame that superhero physique, you know, the the hourglass. Um, And in this, we incorporate um, food freedom, flexibility. We try to develop a sustainable training and nutrition program. It's really like one hour sessions, four days per week, minimal cardio. Um, And I learned all of this methodology from coach JVB, who's my coach, Mm -hmm. founder of Team Strong Girls, the best body transformation team in the country. And so I became certified in her methodology. And uh, this is basically what I would use during the whole prep part of it. Mm-hmm. It's really a sustainable form of training and nutrition because as professionals and as moms, we don't have a lot of time. No. <laughs> we do not have a lot of time to dedicate to training. And um, so basically that's, that's what, this is, and it all really started um, because of, and I'll show you, because of this here, this image here, um, that I shot with um, Paul Busetta. And I shot that image with Paul Busetta in my very first photo shoot, uh, my very first real professional photo shoot. And I wanted to like shoot an image like this because it was so authentic to me. Mm-hmm. right it was it's sporty but it's like a little bit edgy it's a little bit fashion forward um and so that was kind of where it all started and then that evolved into um getting on the cover here and then a, a feature in this magazine as well um so i mean i kind of just it, it kind of evolved really <laughs> and then to this right yeah. So, so far I've done a football shoot. I've done a soccer shoot. Um, and then I want to help others do this kind of same thing with their sport of choice mm-hmm. um, to give them those like creative, different, unique photos and to put them in into a challenge that, you know, it it would scare them to do it. But it's going to be real rewarding after for them to see themselves behind the lens of a camera. Mm-hmm. right that is capturing them in such a different way that they're not even used to yeah yeah absolutely that's incredible that is honestly incredible what you're doing well, with them yeah to turn it to elevate it into an art form uh rather than just really? yeah. a picture of an I, athlete, like, right like this picture here that i took you know this is like for me this is so incredible because when i see this picture i think holy crap you know this woman is athletic but at the same time, she's beautiful too. And this is what I want for other women to see, right? I, I want them to see themselves in that kind of same way. But mm-hmm. I also want teen girls because I work with them every day, you know, as a phys ed teacher. Um, I want them to know that when you stay in sport and when you stay in movement, fitness, whatever it is, you learn healthy coping strategies 
And that's what will get you through every obstacle, every struggle you're going to face, Mm -hmm. right? You're always going to turn to fitness. You'll always turn to sport as a way of relieving stress, um, you know, keeping you growing and developing. Um, So I really take this as a a privilege and a responsibility as a phys ed teacher to teen girls. Um, And so I think that when I'm able to show them through these publications that look what I've been able to do Mm -hmm. as someone who stayed in sport, stayed in fitness, stayed in movement her entire life, I've been able to accomplish all these kinds of dream bucket list things that I never thought I would have been able to do before. Yeah, absolutely. No, that is, that's incredibly inspiring. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm curious about one thing and that is uh, the letters to the warriors, the warrior children that you wrote the two letters to. The letters that I wrote on your website. There is a letter to oh, a, oh my gosh. Um, okay, yeah. Yes. That <laughs> website. Um, that website, I want to redo it because that that's okay. a little bit different than when I first started. But yeah, those are those are my children. Yeah, those are okay. my children. Yeah. And um, you know, a lot of the things that I do, some people may have a problem with, like, oh, these pictures that you post are a little bit revealing or you know, whatever it might be. But I have a daughter who I want one day to realize that she can be and do absolutely anything. And as long as she's happy and fulfilled and healthy, doesn't matter what she's doing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. But I want her to realize that she had a mother who optimized her health and wellness She had a mother who would um, attempt anything, any challenge, was not afraid of challenges, was able to go outside her comfort zone and did things that she never thought she could ever do. So that's my main goal is teaching my daughter that you can do and be absolutely anything. And my mission is also to teach when I teach teen girls is to show them the same. You can do and be absolutely anything. And for my son, you know, my message for my son is that, you know, empower women, right? Empower women as a male, empower women to be and do anything and support them in whatever it is that they want to do. Yeah, there you go. That's it. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so another point that we we wanted to discuss briefly, I, I mean, you did already mention it quite a bit, is the mental health aspect of your training. And again, with your training program, with the physical education, the mental health, you you hope that people will turn to fitness as kind of that outlet. So in terms of the importance of mental health, even just to yourself, but I guess clients, the 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 people you teach, all that sort of stuff, how do you rank that? Like, is it is the physical side more important? Is the mental side more important? Or is there the synergy in between the two? How do you how do you kind of get this across to people that they are necessary? They're two in one almost. Yeah, I 
you know, I think the mental aspect is so neglected. And I also wrote an article, I think it was in this one here, um, supercharge your best life. Um, is your life supercharged? This, this article here in Inside Fitness Magazine, it was about mentality types. And basically, um, you know, mindset, we can never, we can never neglect our mindset because when we do that, it's like we're, we're leaving money on the self-development table. Like we're just not fully developing ourselves. So, you know, there are people who will focus just only on the, the physical, right? And then neglect the mental. Um, but really, I don't believe that you can see such physical gains without the mental 100%. part of it also. So I truly believe they go hand in hand. You know, some people start out training for aesthetics, others train for health, many train to manage stress and mental health. But, you know, I started training not for aesthetic gains, but because I did not have proper stress management and I needed to get a handle on my physical and mental health before it completely disabled me. Right. I was completely overwhelmed. I was managing uh, the demands of my position in a leadership role in education. I had the young family. I was overworked. I barely slept. I wasn't eating because I was so busy at my job. Um, I was suffering from migraines. I was thin and frail. I wasn't strong. Um, I was far from happy and healthy. And, um, you know, I, I had to develop a mindset along with um, my, my physical training, mm -hmm. but I always had a really good mindset because when you're an athlete, you know, you have that athlete's mentality, right? As, as you guys know, like you encounter challenges every minute of the game. I mean, 90 minutes I'm playing soccer, you know, there's a battle I have to go into. There's a ball I have to win. Uh, I, I miss a goal or I score a goal. You know, you have to come back from that, right? Mm -hmm. An injury. There, there are so many challenges that, that you face as an athlete that you need to have a well-developed mindset for it. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was struggling the most, I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder, anxiety disorder. I was experiencing burnout. I was yeah. experiencing hormonal disruption, adrenal insufficiency. I was at my worst physically and mentally. And the most amazing thing in all of that was that um, I don't really believe that many people actually thought I was struggling, nor did they actually believe my diagnosis because I was so zoned in on optimizing my health by learning and implementing every helpful strategy I could come across from meditation, mm. cold exposure, energy healing, Reiki. And I was committing to sustainable fitness and nutrition practices mm -hmm. that I was able to function normally and appear well adjusted. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, it, it's, it's sad to say though, because, you know, people looked at me and I was fit and in shape. Yeah. And I don't think that they realize, holy crap, this woman's struggling, but she's really, she, she's functioning well because she has all these tools and strategies yeah. in place, right? And what was happening was when I started to seriously build my body, the more that I was doing this, the stronger I became mentally. Mm -hmm. So to the observer, 
fitness looks like a surface level pursuit. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. But in actuality, there is nothing more important than the mental aspect of it all. And this is why I like to speak and teach and write about mindset. Mm-hmm. And I even rely on my own athlete's mentality and mindset for everything I do, because this is the prerequisite to achieving any goal and making any change. Um, it's it's definitely reliant on the strength of your mindset. 100%. I would not have come as far as I have physically if it were not for my mindset um, to be able to do it. And as proud as I am of how I look aesthetically at my age, mom of two, um, that was never my goal. I'm just as, if not stronger inside than I am outside. And that was my objective all along. And approaching a fitness journey with that mindset will always guarantee results, right? When you focus on strengthening the inside, it's always revealed on the outside. 100%. 100%. Absolutely. The way you worded that is just incredible because both Walter and I obviously have gone through very similar, similar things. And that was the thing. I mean, when I was going through my body's morphia, depression, anxiety, the suicidal thoughts and all that, it was the same exact thing. It was, but you look so good. It's like, well, if yeah, like I function well, I can put on a smile for my clients and get through it all. But that's and, because, you know, I have I, the they always say that, that, you know, uh, Robin Williams was a very happy guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. And that's the way you, you develop the ways of coping and making the world think you're doing just fine. Just fine. Uh, <laughs> but except you're not. And that's the thing uh, with fitness is this can't help us. Exactly. And and that's how you a lot of people, and I mean, especially for me, fitness was the thing that pulled me out of it. And to tell people that is they're like, Yeah, but you just were like a bodybuilder, you just look good aesthetically. You do this for such why do you spend so long in the gym? It's like because not only, yes, I'm trying to build my body. I am trying to, yeah, I was a little, a little vain. I wanted to have a good body. I wanted to have a six pack and all that. But realistically, at the end yeah. of the day, I wanted to be a better person. I did not want to be the person that, yeah, if I end up with an injury, which God knows I have, <laughs> that I do yeah. not need to, uh, that I do not need to go down a spiral in a dark hole. And who knows what could happen to me at that point. Right. So, oh no, my you, gosh, you, absolutely. You said that very well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's learning to live with discipline as well. For me, realizing that I could become that guy who does do what I now do um, was very important to set my mindset in place, especially with the aging process going on and thinking I can't I don't want to let this just take me down. How do I keep going, keep going, keep going? It's just by showing up every day. And doing that right absolutely yeah and when you when you build those habits right it all becomes part of your identity right isn't that what it it's about like for mm-hmm. it's about behavior change and and your identity so for for anyone who's struggling with like oh, i could never do that or i could never exercise that much or i could never eat you know how you eat or whatever it might be you know it really comes down to like making the little changes yeah to becoming the person uh, that you want to be. Like you have to have the identity of that person. You have to know what that person does Mm -hmm. um, and develop those sorts of routines in order to be a person like that. So it's possible for anyone. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I was talking to a client the other day about this was, you know, you're going to be scared making these changes. Like it's supposed to scare you. It's not supposed to be a comfortable thing that you're doing. You're 
taking a huge lifestyle overhaul when you do this, but it is, as you say, it's that small little stack on each little day, 1% better. You don't have to be perfect. You never don't strive for perfection. Just strive for betterment and growth, right? That's all it comes down to. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I like how you mentioned the stacking. You have Hmm. to stack the habits, right? Start with the easiest one. Okay. Maybe it's, you know, incorporating more water, drinking more water. Maybe it's like adjusting your sleep routine. Start with one thing, like yeah. excel at that, then move to the next. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we don't want to fall into the uh, January first syndrome. Of, we're going to change every aspect of my life tomorrow morning <laughs> and make it stick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel, yeah. and again, this is—I can speak to this because obviously my age group category and all the friends that I talk to and all the clients that I train, you know, people in their mid twenties to the late. Uh, late 20s to early 30s, it's like we feel like we have zero time left on planet Earth. We're like, oh, if we don't have it, we have to do it all at once right now because who knows what tomorrow can bring. It's like realistically, like, and this is why, you know, having role models like in position of Walter or, uh, you know, an incredible role model in a teacher's position as you telling these young girls, like athletics doesn't have to stop when you're in high school. Athletics and health and fitness continues on for the rest of your life and look at how incredible it actually becomes. You get better. You don't just stop and get worse. You become better and better and better with it. So it is very important to, to drill that into people's minds, but sometimes it's not the easiest thing to do. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I, especially when I'm working with teen girls, like, um, you know, my, yes, I'm there to teach curriculum and deliver curriculum and all of that, but you know, as teachers, we're really there to teach life lessons, yeah. right? And we're, we're there to model life lessons. Um, so I hope that I'm modeling, you know, appropriate life lessons and I, in that I'm teaching and I'm, I'm showing like tangible, um, a tangible future for them. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So one final question that uh, we did have for you, you did obviously touch on this, um, but you do a lot. (laughs) So the management of the fitness, your career, your family, just everything you're doing right now. And obviously fitness does play a huge part in the management of the stress levels, I'm sure, and the organization of everything. And you've just built these habits up over time, but does it ever get to the point still where you're just like, this is really overwhelming. I feel burnt out or like, how do you, how do you manage everything that you're doing at the moment? Yeah. Um, no, you know, I have such, such good habits that, Mm. um, that I stick to. So no, I, I haven't been feeling burnt out or overwhelmed because I really know when I need to rest and recover and when I need to take it easy and that sort of thing. But you know, it is super challenging for me as someone who is all in and extremely hardworking and a dedicated type of person to like do all these things at, at the highest level and be successful. You know, I never want to do things that that are halfway. I always want to excel at things I invest my time and energy into. And my goal is always to over deliver. So, you know, I want to over deliver in building my own body and mind and, and in serving others to do the same. I want to over deliver for them as an entrepreneur and as a phys ed teacher. And I want to over deliver as a parent and a partner. And in order to do this, I have to compartmentalize my time and focus. I have to be particular about who and what gets my energy. And uh, I have to optimize my systems. Mm -hmm. So when I'm doing all this stuff, like 
it's no lie for me to say that every part of my day is accounted for. You know, I do get asked this all the time, like, how do I do it all? Well, it comes down to prioritizing and systematizing everything I do from the moment I wake up to the minute I go to sleep. And it's mm -hmm. not for everyone, but this is how I'm able to um, excel at the things that I do and kind of tackle everything from 5 a.m. to like 7 a.m. Like this is time for me. I love this part of my day. It's my favorite part of the day because, um, you know, I train and then I ease into the morning before work, just me, myself and I doing something I enjoy doing. After that, I'm then responsible for getting my two young kids up and ready and off to school. And then I start my day as a school teacher where, you know, I have to give my students 100% of my energy and focus. As I know, it's such an awesome privilege and responsibility to be a teacher and teens are in need of amazing role models to guide them so when I go to work I know like I'm here for them I'm here to serve them and I'm here to be my best for them mm -hmm. after school I attempt to squeeze in some writing um, social media creation email marketing programming sales basically everything else that I need to do to to build my brand and business Right. Then it's dinner time and then it's kids sports and activities. It's homework. It's making lunches and it's preparing everything for the next day. Um, I literally get everything I need ready for the next day. Workout clothes are ready. Water bottles ready. My work clothes are ready. My kids clothes are ready. So when the morning comes, I have nothing to do but get out of bed and go to the gym. Yeah. Then I put my kids to bed. I spend some time hearing about their day, their worries, their fears, and things that they're excited about, things they're learning about. Then I take some time to learn about things that can broaden like my skills um, and my understanding of people. Um, I usually read at that point. And then, um, you know, I'm, I'm really big on the learning process. So I'm always trying to learn new things that help me evolve in all areas of my life. So when I actually say that, like, everything is programmed, like, everything <laughs> is programmed. Yeah, yeah. But that that works for me. <laughs> and that, that's easy for me. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. to a T, everything's ready. I, yeah. I don't think about anything else when I wake up in the morning at 5 a.m. Like, my clothes are ready already. Water bottle's ready. Like, I literally jump out of bed, put my workout clothes on, get my water, get my bag, head out the door. And I do that every night. So I don't have to like think about yeah. it in the morning. I think that's the yeah. athlete's mentality I mean, kind of. <laughs> yeah. No, everything's ready. And it, it's, I don't know if that seems crazy to some people, but, or absurd or like they could never function that way. But for me, that has been a lifesaver for me mm -hmm. in terms of, in terms of navigating my life and everything that I do. And, mm -hmm. and for me, fitness is a non-negotiable. Like I don't, ever not go to the gym yeah like four days a week I get up at five and I spring out of bed because I love it like mm -hmm. I know how good it is for me and even those days when I'm like super tired or you know something stressful is going on I know that that's the thing that's gonna help me yeah so like physically and mentally I have to yeah so that's a non-negotiable for me. And I think like when you have a strategy or an approach or a plan um, in place for everything, 
that will give you your best chance at success. 100%. Like everything I do in life is a strategic plan. You don't coach or play a game at a high level without an effective strategy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't build your body without a strategic plan. You can't parent well without a, a parenting strategy that works for the individual child. As an educator, I need a strategy for classroom management, for curriculum delivery, for design of the curriculum, and even for relationship building. Mm-hmm. As a fitness coach, as you guys know, you have to have a sustainable nutrition and fitness program. You have to be a good active listener, um, you know, in order to guide Absolutely. your clients, right, towards their their body transformation success. Mm-hmm. So I'm like huge on strategy. Yeah, that's I, I I put a strategy in place for everything. Well, and just for people listening, like you know, this sounds like yeah, because I'm sure Walter and I are both like this. You are, you know, very to the T. Kind of this is how your processes and your systems are are laid out. Yeah, but it doesn't always have to be that intent. Like, and again, this is where that stacking of those habits come into play. If you're, if you have none of this experience in the past of trying to kind of shift into this new routine of, you know, working out before work or going to work, having your lunches prepared, having dinner prepared, whatever it is, you don't have to start right off the bat and doing what, you know, people like us are used to doing because we built up over the years. <laughs> it just has to be those yeah, small exactly. little steps. And it could just start off, as you said, just, wake up and walk 20 minutes in the morning, have two liters of water uh, each week and, or per day, sorry, uh, for the first week instead of just one and a half, right? It's those small little things that do make it more manageable. And then, yeah, you built yeah. your your life to this point where, yeah, now it just, it all clicks. It all meshes so well, right? But it takes time to get there and it takes a lot of work to get there. So, but no, yeah, I mean- Yeah, absolutely. You guys would never expect your clients to be- at that level yet right just like i don't expect potential clients clients or or teens to be here yet they yeah. they're just not going to be it's taken time to develop these habits like you said and stack them and to get to the point where like you're as efficient mm-hmm. um you know as we are in terms of mm-hmm. like our routines and habits right yeah absolutely yeah absolutely yeah. it's taken me years to reach the point where my morning re- routine is what it is and my daily routine is what it is and even it gets tweaked so how can we expect a client to step in on day two and go okay now i'm getting up at four o'clock in the morning i'm doing this <laughs> thing it will not work yeah they will yeah, stop exactly. being I, clients yeah i, I want to give you another example of a strategy that i don't think anyone else even considered and this goes back to the hot and fit Mm-hmm. So when Inside Fitness Magazine released um, 12 previous hot and fit issues, I don't mm-hmm. know if you got yeah. that issue, but yeah. it was like a digital release with 12 issues. Yep. I actually like analyzed each of those issues to look for trends. I looked for like uh, trends in colors of clothing that the models were wearing, types of clothing, whether there was more lingerie, there was more swim or fitness wear. Uh, like poses, kneeling, standing, sitting, um, photographers that had like the most top placements or Mm. um, the most entries into it. Um, Anything that I could find that would help me stand out in my submission is basically what I was looking for. And I noticed that typically there was at least one sporty woman in each magazine. Mm. So 
in, in each magazine, there was at least one who was holding a piece of sporting equipment or wearing a jersey or something like that. And I did real research as I always do because I thought, how the heck am I going to get into hot and fit? Like how? And I wanted to like give myself like a bit of a competitive or unfair advantage. And I was looking for that. And that's what I found, right? I found, okay, you know what? Like I really don't fit the mold of, you know, the typical fitness woman. I'm a lot older. I'm probably a lot leaner. Um, you know, I'm brunette. I'm not blonde. And so I was like trying to look for something that would, would kind of help me like stand out a little bit and give me like a bit of an advantage. And that's what I found. And that's also kind of how all of this mm -hmm. kind of evolved also, right? Because I was looking for that little unfair advantage. <laughs> and even when I'm trying to build, like even, even trying to build fits fitness with Sandra Sergini and then trying to like push this tomboy prep and photo shoot experience. That's, this is my unfair advantage. Yeah. I blend sport and fitness together. Like I don't just have a fitness background. I have a sport background too. And so, you know, it, as I'm trying to like attract this ideal client, which is pretty difficult because, you know, high level athletic women, um, you know, it's kind of a, a very small and specific niche. I'm not just looking for moms who want to get in shape, but more so this real narrowed down niche. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to like show that, you know, I just don't come from a fitness background. I also have a sport background. And so I'm blending both sport and fitness together. Um, and the tomboy prep and photo shoot experience basically came out of my love for sport, my love for yeah. fitness and my love for modeling. Right. Yeah. And so I've always been trying to like do things or show myself in a way that sets me apart from others because I just don't fit the typical sure. fitness woman, yeah. Yeah. right? In my opinion. Yeah. I, I love how you, uh, you said you analyzed all those issues and you were looking for trends because the fashion designer in me was just like, Oh, that's what I used to do. But <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, I again, this is why you are where you are and the success is the success you have. You, you put in the work and you, you've really kind of dove in with both feet first and uh you've been able to just take on these uh these roles as you know the educator the fitness somebody who uh teens and other women can look up to in the the industry and say that's who i want to be now right you've built it and i mean you yeah. you show up on my instagram feed every day and, and like even your your morning stories because i'm obviously on the uh the west coast now but when I wake up at 5 a.m. and I see you're already in the gym three hours before me, I'm like, oh, God, I got to get into it. <laughs> but you, you, yeah, you know, what was that? I put that stuff on my stories because, like, I want to inspire people to get yeah. into the gym, right? Yeah. Like, I want them to say, you know what? She's doing it. She's mm -hmm. a mom. She's got two kids. She's 43 years old. She's defying age, right? And and um, you know, I I want people to see that, and I want to inspire them to also achieve the same yeah. sort of stuff, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Optimization. Um, Optimization. That's yeah, it. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Like that's basically, you know, I I'm I'm hoping to 
build the Tomboy Prep and Photo Shoot experience as something different and unique for mm-hmm. high-performing, peak-performing, professional, former high-level athlete moms who want a challenge. You know, I, I also have an interest in speaking opportunities, right? I love I love to do a TED Talk. I love to um, speak to athletic teens and, and athletic moms um, in some capacity. Yeah. So that's really kind of moving forward for me. That's kind of what, where I want to go. And then I also get the itch sometimes to step on stage to compete. (laughs) I've I've never competed. And, you know, every time I see a competition, I was in uh, Vegas for the Olympia. And I thought, like, oh, my gosh, I could totally do that. Right. So I don't know if that's the future. But, (laughs) yeah, that's something uh, else I'm interested in doing. Absolutely. And, I mean, that's it. It's it's always trying to do that next thing you know you don't just stay stagnant you can be very proud of what you achieved but again to be better and to keep growing we have to always push for that next thing right so that's incredible i mean honestly your your story what you've done what you are doing is is absolutely incredible but um walter did you have any last questions before i ask the final one i'm just really re-motivated i i think this is great (laughs) I, i will say this i was 55 the first time i stepped on a bodybuilding stage you can do it awesome you can do it so just when when you're ready let us know. Yeah, that's that's amazing, right? And that's yeah. that would definitely be a goal of mine. My only fear would be that um, I would do more harm than good uh, to my body yeah. at this age. So I would really have to be particular about yeah. my strategy. I mean, I'm already lean, right? So I don't think it would require, um, you know, a super strict lean out. Mm-hmm. But um, that's something I would have to consider for sure sure. yeah yeah but again our final question you're not gonna do anything you haven't considered that's it (laughs) yeah that's very true um but yeah our final question uh we always like to ask guests this question and take a minute if you need to to kind of think uh, think about it but what is just one thing that you would say to kind of leave our listeners or our viewers with in regards to any piece of advice, whether it be fitness-related, business-related, relationship, if there's any piece of advice that you could give our viewers right now, what would that be? And I know I'm totally putting you on the spot here, but uh, take some time if you need to think about it. Oh my gosh. Well, there's so many like nuggets (laughs) of wisdom I would love to leave everyone with. But, you know, I think it is like, you know, I, like I said, I say this to the teen girls and the teen boys that I teach. Um, You know, I say this to my kids, like you really honestly can do and be absolutely anything. It's going to take hard work. Obviously it might take like a complete reinvention of yourself. Um, But, you know, going far outside your comfort zone is the most rewarding thing that you'll ever do. Mm-hmm. It really is. So, you know, it's take those steps, even like baby steps, yeah. you know, every day, like try to do something that is outside your comfort zone. Um, if I could be honest with you, like I, the fact that I even want to speak and, and step on stage, that's like way outside my comfort zone too. Like I, growing up, I was an introvert, shy, reserved. I still am, but you know, I every day try to do something that challenges me to evolve. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I would say to everyone listening is that you really have to attempt these things. 
because yeah. you're just not going to evolve. You're not going to grow unless you put yourself in those positions that make you feel uncomfortable, that give you, you know, a little bit of anxiety or that really challenge you to go and do something that you are not comfortable doing. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's, that's incredible. Uh-huh. Yes, <laughs> That's it. That's awesome. So again, that that's pretty much the, uh, all the questions we want to ask you. And I mean, I'm sure we will have you back on the podcast at some point if you uh, decide to come yes. to uh, want to come back on, because there's just so many other things that we would uh, want to discuss with you. And hopefully, yeah, maybe at some point when you do step on that stage or more magazine covers or articles, then we can discuss those as well. But uh, thank you so much for actually coming on the show today. We do really appreciate it. And as you guys uh, know, uh, Sandra's Instagram will just be right beside her there, as well as the uh, in the bio, the bio there. And if you need to uh, check her out, by all means, the link will be in the description below. If there's any other places that uh, you want to reach her at, that's how you can reach her. And yeah, go support her because she's doing incredible things. And again, Sandra, thank you so much. We really, really do appreciate you coming on today. Well, you're welcome, guys. And Matt Walter, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun and I'd love to be back on and and doing this again with you guys. So thank you. Wonderful. All right. As always, guys, if you have any questions for us, you know where to find us. Be sure to stay safe. Stay breezy. Take care, guys.